without further ado, Bo, let's go ahead and get into our matchups for today. What's first on your matchups to watch for Sunday? Uh, one of the matchups I've got is, to me, I feel like we have a struggling A.J. Terrell. I yes. think A.J.'s given up three touchdowns already. Now, a couple of those are really great. The other one, I, I, you know, I've talked with Arch about this, and mm-hmm. we've kind of looked at maybe technique or what, what could have happened differently. And it almost looks like maybe he's got to get a jam immediately there, and he doesn't okay. on the yeah. line of scrimmage, and it kind of create, allows the receiver who ran the route uh, to get that separation. So, to me, it's A.J. versus Metcalf. I, I don't – Metcalf has is, is only got 11 catches so far for 71 yards, so – Yeah, he hasn't gone off at all. No uh, no touchdowns. So, he's a – you know, he's really in his career here. I think he's going into his – this is his fourth year. He's been a big play guy. They're paying him like a big play receiver, and he he's just not made those plays as of yet. And so, to me, that's a big – that's a big deal in this game. Right. Can AJ or Hayward, whoever is over there, can they can they keep him from having those big plays? We've seen big plays hurt this Falcons team already against the Saints. Obviously, that four play drive that really put them back in the game. That right. was that was a, a a drive where it was chunk. So there's big plays. So can can AJ come in and limit uh, DK Metcalf? Metcalf has played well against the Falcons, and in two games he's got seven catches for 108 yards. With three mm-hmm. touchdowns, so almost Ooh. half catches uh, have been touchdowns. So right. that's a that's a guy that you know I know it's different players, but he sees the red and black, and he's not he's not worried. He he knows he can play well against him. You think it's luck time? So you gotta you know you gotta you gotta be careful with it. He's he's a six four two hundred almost forty pound receiver where AJ is is you know he's good size for a DB, but he's six one little on you know under 200 so there's a 40 pound weight discrepancy there and, and a couple inches so if you're going to get up and maybe jam him you got to be careful with that so i expect to see him play a little bit off and and and, and try to you know pull, basically run with him instead of trying to challenge him at the and play some kind of press coverage or press bell coverage or whatnot i would expect him to give a little bit of a cushion but that's been the issue. You don't want to give too much of a cushion. But really, for right. me, limit DK Metcalf with the big plays. And I think the guy for that is A.J. Terrell. It's interesting that you say that because I've heard Arch say it too because he said it on the broadcast about – and it hasn't just been A.J. Terrell because I think he talked about it was either Casey Hayward, maybe it was D. Alford not jamming at the line. And this was in the Rams game. I forgot um, who it was supposed to be, the receiver that is. But he talked about, I think it it was near the goal line, and he talked about, you know, not jamming the 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 receiver coming off his route, and he just ran an easy fade route. Now, luckily, Matthew Stafford didn't hit him, but that is a thing, you know, that you're talking about now is jamming receivers at the line and, you know, really getting their hands on them within those five yards that you can do that. But like you said, I don't know if that's necessarily the strategy for DJ uh, DK Metcalf because he is strong. I mean, he's – extremely fast too but he's also massively strong i mean he's just a terrific terrific athlete so it'll be interesting to see how they approach what they do with dk metcalf and how aj terrell handles dk metcalf coming off the line of scrimmage do you give him that cushion do you try to jam him up a little bit and see if you can get big with dk metcalf that's probably not the greatest idea because he might be able to you know no shade to aj but he ain't strong as dk metcalf so he might be able to throw him off to the side 
and then he might be streaking wide open on a certain route. So it'll be interesting to see, like you mentioned, how they handle DK Metcalf, how much cushion is there, because you don't want to give too much, like you said, as well. So that's very that's going to be very interesting to watch how they handle DK Metcalf. And I wonder if, you know, they maybe switch back and forth between maybe some snaps. AJ is on Tyler Lockett, who's obviously not as strong. He's more of a speedster, but AJ can run with them. Better. Well, I think I think it will be based. I think they'll probably be, maybe cater to where where guys are lined up. They might just right. half off the field, you know. You know, right. AJ on one side and Casey on the other. The, the biggest thing to your point though about getting a the you know you have to be careful when you want to come up and and and, and get hands on a guy because if yeah. you whiff now <laughs> if you whiff on a on a jam they just run right by you. Yep. And the thing we saw last night in the Thursday night football game. Where uh, the Steelers, I believe it, I believe it, the Steelers were on offense. Uh, the DB got a jam at the line, and and, he, and and so he runs that 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 fade or that you know back of the end zone route, and because of the jam, it threw the route off, and now the re- the receiver basically his route is affected, right. and the ball was kind of over in the in uh, to, the, to the side of the on the sideline there of the end zone. And the boundary line, and, and the ball just basically set over his head because the receiver's route had been thrown off by the jam. You're right, it's harder. Tyler Lockett's a guy now that you brought up. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who's had a lot of big games against uh, the Falcons. Yeah. And he, he No touchdowns, but in, in four games, the guy's got 21 catches for 250. Mm-hmm. He, now, that, a lot of that is Russell Wilson. That was Russell Wilson's guy. When Russell was here, yeah. he got in trouble. He always seemed to find Tyler Lockett, kind of like we've seen with in the past with Patrick Mahomes where he would get in trouble and he would always seem to find Tyreek Hill or or, or, or Travis Kelsey. Like Those are yep. guys that, that always seem to be – that would get found when, uh, when, when Mahomes got in trouble. That's what Tyler Lockett was to Russell Wilson. Now – Lockett so far this year, you know, he does have 12. He's coming off a nine-catch, 100-yard, 107-yard game. But he's Mm -hmm. only got 12 for 135 for the season only. That's really good. That's really good so far. So, clearly, to your point, Geno's already found him and already gotten comfortable with Tyler Lockett. And let's stick to Geno Smith and the passing game because this goes in directly into my matchup. I think an important matchup for the Falcons this week is Rashawn Evans versus the Seahawks running back, Rashad Penny. Now, Rashawn Evans, we heard his name a lot during the preseason. I mean, it seemed like he was making tackle after tackle after tackle. It seemed like he was going to lead the Falcons in tackles this season. Now, him and Michael Walker, Michael Walker, you can probably have, well, definitely probably has been better. He has an interception and, you know, Rashawn Evans does it, but they do have the same amount of tackles. 13 combined tackles. Now, they're switched when you talk about solo and combined. Rashawn Evans, nine uh, combined ta- or nine combined tackles or combo tackles, I guess that is. And he has four solo, and it's uh, the other way around for Michael Walker. He has nine solo and four uh, combo tackles. So they both with the same amount of tackles, but Michael Walker has been a little bit more impactful, obviously, with the interception. So Rashawn Evans, to me, I think this could be a really good game for him. We know how much Pete Carroll wants to establish the run game how much he wants to run the football. I mean, because if he, if he ain't let Russell Wilson cook, he ain't going to let Geno Smith cook. But you just talked about the passing yards that Geno Smith already has and, you know, is racked up to Tyler Lockett. So the passing game is going to be there, but they're going to try to establish the run first. 
So if you are able to make the Seattle Seahawks one-dimensional and Rashawn Evans, Michael Walker, and the rest of that linebacking core is able to slow down Rashad Penny in the Seahawks running game, and you put Geno Smith in some obvious passing situations, some third and longs, I think that's when you can start to see Geno Smith air it out more than Pete Carroll would like to, and maybe we come away with some more turnovers like we did in the Rams game. So stopping the run, because we know that's Pete Carroll's bread and butter. If you do that, I think you could end up having a really good day, especially on the defensive side of the football, including getting some takeaways. Well, that's something I expect them to do. I mean, this um, this team is is last in the league in rushing at 56 yards a, a game so far. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a key for the Falcons if they can slow down that run. Now, now we heard Pete Carroll say that he was going to unleash Geno Smith. Um, okay. And <laughs> I, I don't really know what that means. I don't um, either. I know that, you said it. <laughs> I know Geno Smith is, is completing 81% of his passes this year. This is a guy for his career is a 60% completion percentage guy, but he's he is completing 81% already. So he's been very efficient. Yeah. But – 24-30 for 197 yards is what they had last week in a game that you lost by 20 points. You know, the guy's completed almost 50 passes, and he's not thrown for over 400 yards for the season. So everything they're doing is short, mm-hmm. and they're not they're not pushing the ball downfield, which I do think that's why my, one of my matchups was Terrell versus T.K. Metcalf. Right. Because I think that's going to – they're going to have – an emphasis on that. But you're right, Rashard Penny is the guy they want to go to. Um, you know, he's had he's had injuries in his career, but he him and Kenneth now Kenneth Walker is a rookie who's only gotten four carries so far. I, I don't know why they're not feeding him yet. I know he was very good at, at Miss <clears throat> Michigan State, had mm-hmm. a great year last year. And he's a guy who you know, at five five nine, two hundred and ten pounds, he he'll hit you. Oh, uh, yeah. Now Rashad Penny's a bigger bat, so maybe that's that's part of it. But and I think Penny's a little bit better in the in the receiving game. So <clears throat> what they do with these backs, but you know, this is a a situation, and it's one of my keys, but yeah. it's also kind of a matchup. Uh-huh. Is this Falcons defense against the Seahawks offense? In the in the red area, this is yeah. the this is the worst offense in the NFL in the red area. They have scored no touchdowns in the red area. Okay. That being said, this is one of the worst defenses. Yeah. The Falcons have coming in in the red area. They're allowing eighty seven percent of the time touchdowns. Seven out of nine times, teams have scored touchdowns in the red area. So wow. it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a matchup to look at because mm-hmm. this is one of my keys to the game is the Falcons on both sides of the ball improving. So maybe seeing them improve defensively, this could be a matchup that decides the game is if can the Falcons not break in that red area. And it's going to be a key to this game as well. And I'll get to that later because there's some offensive stuff where the Falcons need to improve in the red area as well. But it's pretty big. I, I had to double take this when I saw this these, these red area numbers. Uh, for the Seahawks and and the Falcons, unfortunately, I've lived and I've been harking on it, and I'm getting mm-hmm. red in the face talking about the red area every day. I come <laughs> on this podcast, I talk about the red area, and we've got to, it because it, it is such a big deal. 
You know, everybody can complain about Kyle Pitts not getting touches and Marcus Mariota's, uh, you know, his inefficiencies at times were turned the ball over at inopportune times or recovered a snap that he fumbled on third and one. But ultimately, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, you compound those with not having success on either side of the ball in the red area, and it's a big deal, and it's costing you football games. That's why you're 0-2 yep. not honestly 2-0. and Exactly. Bo Morgan, it, it, you are right getting right in the face talking about the red area for the Atlanta Falcons because you're exactly right. Not being efficient on either side of the red area is why the Falcons are 0-2 instead of 2-0. You said it yourself. So very interesting stat there. That's a great pull. One of those things is going to have to improve for one of those teams. Either the Falcons are going to have to start bending and not breaking in the red zone, or the Seahawks are going to have to start scoring in the red zone. So one of those two, two things who have been pretty bad are going to have to improve this football game. Hopefully it's the Atlanta Falcons. Let's get into one more matchup, kind of slash key for this game. For me, it's I'm going to narrow it down to Tyler Algier because I really want – I know I feel good about Cordell Patterson, so that's why I'm kind of narrowing it down to Tyler Algier, but it's really the run game overall. So Tyler Algier against the defensive line and really the defense overall of the Seattle Seahawks. I say the defensive line because the Seattle Seahawks defense has given up 292 rushing yards through the first two games. That's almost 150 yards per game on the ground. The Atlanta Falcons want to run the football. They want to establish the run. Arthur Smith is obviously run first. If you can get the running game going, that's going to open so many things up. Uh, so many things up. We know Arthur Smith wants to, you know, do a little RPO action with Marcus Mario to get him out of the pocket. If that running game is going, that the defense doesn't know which way they want to go. If the run game is, you know, getting really scary out there for the Atlanta Falcons, obviously it's going to open things up for the play action, and they get bootlegs. They want to run so. If you get the running game going and you become, you know, you keep that Seattle Seahawks off uh, defense off balance, that's going to open so many things up for guys the Falcons fans want to see, like Kyle Pitts. You want to see more of Drake London. So if you want to see things open up on the offensive end and you want to see get guys get involved, you got to get that running game going first to keep that Seattle Seahawks defense off balance. So for me, that's a matchup slash key. Tyler Algier, you want to really see him getting going. He had a... Uh, eh, okay debut we'll say 10 rushes uh 10 carries excuse me for 30 yards he split time with split carries with Cordero Patterson so we'll see if he can have a bigger impact and a bigger performance in week two but overall that run game has to be a factor for the Atlanta Falcons you have to take advantage of a Seahawks defense that hasn't stopped the run uh so far this season yeah, and that's a, that's a good – and that's something that this team wants to do. The Falcons have been really good at running the ball. I mean, they're seventh in the league um, so far at running the football. And honestly, this team's got some some areas where they are, uh, you know, offensively you're like, wow, really? I mean, they're they're ninth right. in scoring in the league. Wow. Um, yep. They're seventh in the league in rushing. And, and then, then the numbers kind of, kind of start to tell off, uh, you know, uh, from there. So it's um, – it's it, it it is interesting. I think it's a good call. I think I think the thing that if I give any more away, I'm going to get into my keys to victory, which I know we're about to get to. But I like that. I I think these running backs, you know, in order to win this game, uh, I think the Falcons need to run the ball. And I yeah. think if the Falcons run the ball well, like they've done in the other two two games, not last week not as well, but like in week one, which I think they can, according to your stats, mm-hmm. they're gonna. They're going to take time away from the Seattle team 
who ha- you know hasn't really been great at, at, at scoring. I mean, I know that they've um, – so, you know, it's, it's – it's... muted myself with my card. <laughs> this is a Seattle team uh, that is only scoring 12 points a game. So – that that really looks well. I mean, in their victory, I think they scored seventeen or sixteen or something like that, and 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 then they scored seven last week and, and a blowout loss. So it's very interesting.